0: that you are alive. God, we thank you that we can come here this morning to celebrate your sacrifice for us. God, we thank you for Good Friday that makes Easter Sunday possible. God, we thank you for your love and your grace and your forgiveness that change everything for us. God, we thank you for your forgiveness which you pour out over us. thank you that because of that we can pour out forgiveness on other people God we thank you for the love which saves us which is genuine and for the love that we can share with other people which is genuine Most of all God we thank you that you moved first you came to us first and that you loved us first In Jesus' name, amen. Quickly take a look around. Um, Apparently I don't know how to use microphones. Try not to touch each other. take a seat. There will be opportunity after the service this morning, so take a right as you leave the worship centre and hang around for a cup of tea or coffee and you can continue those conversations which you've started. Uh, Welcome to our online crew this morning, great to have you joining with us and also to people who will listen to us on podcast podcast during the week as well. If you're in America, we love you. We love that you're joining us. We don't know where you're joining us from, but um, if you could send us a little email, we'd just love to know why it is that you've chosen to listen to Sail Baptist Church in quite large numbers, actually. Um, Anyway, um, good to have you here. Uh, so while I'm talking to you, hopefully everyone's checked in uh, using a church centre app, or you've signed up on the way in, one of those type of things. If you're watching online, we'd love you to check in as well to the online check-in, um, just so that we know that you are here. Um, also on the online platform, platform there is uh, connect cards and next step cards that you can be filling in while I'm talking to you as well. There is no SBC kids for the holidays. Oh. But there is crèche. Yay! Um, Anyway, so if you need either of those, uh, if you need need crèche, you can um, take little pre-kinder kids, uh, yeah, pre-kinder, out to the crèche if they're getting a bit squirmy. Um, All right, so some things from your newsletter which you need to know. So a lot of people get the newsletter online. If you don't, let us know your email address and you will. I promise. Um, The young adults are having a potluck dinner, and I will not make all the jokes that were already made about young adults being able to bring stuff. Um, if you would like, if you're a young adult and you would like to join in with that, you need to register online. Um, also, there is a young adults face gr- Facebook group. So, if you're not a part of that group, you need to get into it. Um, so, find somebody who is in it, and they'll help you get into that. Just because there's a lot of updates that happen um, through our social media, so get into that. Um, but register for that potluck dinner on the 10th of April. Also, we have some Alpha courses starting soon. So one here and one in Locksport. We've already got like Locksport's ready to go. They could just about start today. Um, so we have we have at least one person signed up for the sale one. Um, so if your friends are sort of uh, asking questions around faith, that's that type of thing. Alpha is a great um, vehicle uh, to use to help draw people to faith. <laughs> Um, It answers a lot of questions. People can come and bring all of their questions to Alpha and there is no such thing as a wrong question. Um, And people who've been Christians a really, really long time, sometimes doing Alpha is really helpful still um, because it will answer some questions that you've always had and never really quite like to ask in public. So um, look out for those. Um, All of the information that you need to know about that is in your newsletter or you can check that out online as well. Uh, Next Sunday we have an age gm after our service in the morning um so make sure if you are a member or a non-member it doesn't matter you can come along and find out all about the sort of church business but only members can vote on things at, at that but make sure that you come along to that because it's important all right everything else you need to know about church life you can check out on our website or on your, in your newsletter uh, just before we pray um I was thinking, um, one of my heroes, so talking about Alpha, Nicky Gumbel is somebody that I don't worship him, it's quite fine, but I really, really admire him and I just think somebody like that who's had such success in his ministry life, he's just, everything he does seems to just turn to gold and... uh, you think it that he would probably not have a lot to complain about but apparently one day he was grumbling and complaining to his wife and it's like oh woe me oh this thing is just not going it's not going to work it's all rubbish and you know like like we all do and his wife said to him just remember things didn't look great at the crucifixion and it just he was like okay i'm, I'm done i'm yeah um, but that we need to remember that sometimes if things are going badly or we just can't see how it can possibly ever work out, just think that things did not look good at the crucifixion and look what happened. So just believe for that. So while we're just about to pray, I think... Um, There are lots of ways that we can pray and maybe you're not familiar with praying because you don't do it often and you don't know where to start. And I was thinking it's a bit like talking to people. Prayer is how we talk to God. And there are so many ways that we can do that. There's no wrong way. I was thinking that even with uh, people in our life, the same person, there are so many different ways that we talk to them. There's the, hey, how are you? Good day. Yeah, you good? Yeah, right. See you later. Bye. There's that. And then there's the, you know, the sit down, we need to have a coffee or we need to go for a long walk (laughs) and talk about some things. Um, There are so many different ways that we can talk to God. And um, I'm just going to show you a pattern this morning. So there's lots of different patterns that you can use. Um, It's not like a formula, but sometimes if you're not familiar with prayer, it's good to have some little markers um, to you know, help you stay focused and keep you on track. So what we're going to do um, when we pray together, we're going to say sorry and thanks and please. Easy. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you that we can come before you. God, we know that there are people in our family, in our church family who need a healing touch from you. God, we bring them before you now, people who are in the middle of treatment, people who are recovering from surgeries, people who are about to start treatment. God, we know that you know every single thing about them and we hold them up in front of you right now. God, be with them. Help them to know that you're with them this morning. And God, as we come before you We want to say sorry. We want to say sorry for the distance that that we put between us. We want to say sorry for the way that we hurt each other, the way that we hurt your creation, for the way that we um, spoil the the way things are meant to be. God, we're sorry. And God, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for your sacrifice. We want to remember that today particularly for your sacrifice, which is just such a free gift to us, but it's not cheap. God, thank you for everything that your sacrifice makes possible. Thank you for the relationship that's possible because of what you've done for us, because of the way that you moved first and loved us first. God, thank you. And God, we want to say please, please come into our life for the first time or for the hundredth time or continue to come into our life. God, we we thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives within each one of us. And we say please Holy Spirit continue to do your work in us continue to draw us ever closer to you continue to make us more like you and please continue to love us we know you will God thank you for this morning thank you for the, the joy that is ours and for the celebration that we can have together And God, we thank you for everything that you are and everything that you've ever done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Oh God, we worship you this morning. God, we thank you that you have risen from the grave. You have defeated death. You have secured life for us. God, that we can trust you. We can follow you. God, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. You gave us hope when we had none. God, you forgave us before we did anything for you. And God, this morning we come before you with our surrendered lives. We praise you and worship you because of the cross. And God, we thank you that you're in this place this morning. God, that you have come to to set us free, to forgive us, to redeem us. breathe life into us and God this morning we pray that you would do just that God that you would help us to know the risen saviour, the risen king and make him known God would you come into this place this morning would you come into lounge rooms and bedrooms all over this place this morning and help us to know that we are redeemed that we are saved by what Jesus has done God we love you, we honour you pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please grab a seat. Good morning. Great to see you on this Easter Sunday morning, this summer Easter that we're having. What a great time. What a great weekend. Anyone have an early start this morning? No, me neither. Either it was great. Got to sleep in. I think I was five thirty. It was great. Fantastic. Anyone rock up to church an hour early? Just you're probably not going to raise your hand for that. Are you? <clears throat> Very good. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to read two verses from John chapter twenty this morning. John chapter twenty, verses one and two. Of course, we're reflecting on the Easter story, Um, and if you came to church expecting to reflect on the Christmas story or an Old Testament story, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But we're going to reflect a little bit on the Easter story in John 20, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to summon Peter and to the other disciples the one Jesus loved, the one who wrote these words, by the way, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it is alive, it is active, it is ready to speak to us. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to see Jesus. We would ask that you would help us to hear your voice, to be changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. While it was still dark... While it was still dark, I don't know about you, but while it was still dark at our household, there was um, some eggs hidden around the place while it was still dark. While it was still dark, this morning the boys woke up to find those eggs. Um, While it was still dark last night, the time changed. I don't know if you noticed that, but somehow, miraculously, all our devices and all our smart things figured out that the time changed. Um, and I don't know about you, but the first few years of having smartphones and smart devices, did anyone else have just a little bit of, like, I don't know if I can trust this to change overnight, and if I should change it now, and then if I wake up, it will change as well, and i will be two hours, uh, or if I don't change it. But now we're, are we pretty confident that the smart devices are smart enough to figure out the time? Yeah. Well, while it was still dark, the time changed, and you woke up, and... It was a different time to what it was the same time yesterday. It's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? Things happen in the dark, don't they? Things change in the dark and God is a God who works in the dark. I don't know about you, but some of the greatest blessings and some of the greatest things that have happened in my life have happened in the dark without me knowing about it. I think back to 1989 and a little girl was born... Who would become my wife? And I was none the wiser. I didn't know at three years old that she had just been born and that she was growing up and becoming the beautiful woman that she is today. It was happening in the dark without me even aware of it. Or in the Bible, it tells us that the babies are knit together in the womb, in the dark. I don't know about if you know this but Alana is pregnant at the moment. Some people have said you need to tell this from the stage because some people are asking strange questions and wondering what's going on. But in case you weren't aware, Alana is pregnant and um, we're expecting a third child in August. Hopefully on my birthday, that'll be a nice birthday surprise. But this baby is is growing in the dark. God is doing a miraculous work in the dark. God works in the dark. And early on the first day of the week, John tells us, while it was still dark, Mary went to the tomb. God works in the dark. Before we are aware, before we know what's happening, God is at work. Before you were born, before you knew about God, God knew about you. God works in the dark. At the beginning, in Genesis 1, it tells us this, in verses one to three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Even right back at the beginning, in the darkness, God began to work. While it was still dark, creation, the entire world began in the dark. God moved. And Jesus rose from the dead while it was still dark. We don't know what time he rose from the dead. Maybe it was 1201. Maybe as soon as it went midnight on that Easter Sunday, he was alive and walking around. Or maybe it was 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. I'm not sure what time sunrise was on that Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead while it was still dark and Mary got to the tomb and she was expecting to find a dead body but instead she found a stone had been moved and... There was nobody. And this morning I want to ask you are you still in the dark? Are you still in the dark? Are you aware of what Jesus has done for you? Not necessarily are you aware of the Easter story. I think if you're in this place, you're probably somewhat aware of the Easter story. But are you in the dark? Do you know Jesus as your risen Lord? We all have a choice. Do we trust this Jesus and believe in Him and follow Him or do we reject Him and live the way we want to live? That's the choice that we have. There's no middle ground. We can't say, well, I think it's a, it's a good story and it's nice. If Jesus rose from the dead, if Jesus is alive today, it changes everything and we either have to re- receive what He's done for us, believe what He's done, follow Him, or we have to reject it and say, no, it didn't happen. We all have a choice. Do we trust this Jesus and believe this truth, or do we reject it? If Jesus rose from the dead, it changes everything. But if He didn't, we reject it and we walk away. Mary Magdalene met Jesus while she was in the dark. We don't know a whole lot about Mary, Magdalene, but we do know that she was a follower of Jesus. We do know that she was mentioned over a dozen times in the Gospel, more than some of the actual disciples, Mary Magdalene was mentioned. She was a prominent follower of Jesus. She had had uh, demons cast out of her. We don't know much else. But she was a follower of Jesus. And she wakes up early on this Sunday morning, to go to the tomb. And you have to put yourself in her mind. She's not going there to see, I wonder if Jesus is still in the tomb. She's going there to anoint him. She's prepared, if you read in the other Gospels, she's going there to anoint his body. She's prepared to go to see a dead body. But she wakes up early, going going to expect to see a dead body. Not a missing person. And God does the unexpected thing. Even her reaction says, uh, "Someone's taken the body." You notice when she gets to the empty tomb, she doesn't go, "Well, he must be risen, like he said he was going to rise from the dead." No, someone stole the body. Someone's someone's moved him without telling us. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. That's what she says. God does the unexpected. And God does the unexpected in our life as well. When we expect judgment, he gives grace. When we expect fear, he gives us peace. When we expect condemnation, he welcomes us home. I think of um, the prodigal son. There's a story in Luke 15 where a son goes away from the father. He lives his own life. He takes all his father's wealth. And he comes back and he's expecting to come back, maybe as a slave. Maybe, just maybe. But the father, who represents God, our father, welcomes him home with open arms. Reinstates his sonship. God does the unexpected. And whether we've been following Jesus for a long time, or we don't follow Jesus at all, we all have this picture of what God is like towards us. And I want to tell you this morning that it's unexpected. The love that He has for you, it goes beyond your expectations, goes beyond your picture of His love for you. Even if you think He loves you, He loves you more than that. Even if you think He's given you grace, He's given you more. Even if you think He's welcomed you home, His welcome is greater than you could ever know. God does the unexpected. And God works in the dark when we don't expect it, in ways we don't expect. Mary first encountered Jesus when she was in a dark place and he turned her life around. And now God chooses this woman, Mary Magdalene, to be the first to discover the empty tomb. This world-changing event, perhaps and definitely the most incredible event of human history... Who does he choose to come and discover the empty tomb but Mary Magdalene? I mean, if that doesn't tell you about the the way Jesus welcomes us home, the way Jesus welcomes sinners in, I don't know what else does. God didn't choose the most religious elite person, the most important person of human history, or the most important person of... um, human standards in those times, but instead he chose someone that in that culture in that time would have been seen as a bit of a nobody, a bit of an insignificant person. He chose Mary Magdalene to come to the tomb and discover that Jesus was risen. She was first on the scene. Mary Magdalene. And this tells us so many things. One, it tells us that this story is not made up. If you ever thought that maybe the Easter story, maybe the resurrection of Jesus didn't really happen, this is one of the the biggest proofs that it did happen because this is not how you would make up a story. In the first century, if you wanted a credible witness, you would not choose a woman to give that witness, to give that testimony. It's not to say anything that a woman's testimony is not valid, but in that time, it was just not seen as valid, it was seen as invalid. But God chose Mary to be the first witness to this miracle. And John recorded it. And you might think, well, back in the first century, they would have been just pretty gullible. They would have believed anyone's story about anything. But you can read in Acts 17, Paul is preaching, and he, and he preaches about the resurrection of Jesus. And as soon as he gets to the resurrection of Jesus, people ridicule him, they say. They laughed at him. He's like, no, that can't happen. People in the first century weren't just gullible and believed whatever someone told them. Jesus really rose from the dead. Jesus really died on a cross and Jesus really rose from the dead. Mary, going to the empty tomb, didn't expect to see an empty tomb. She expected to see a dead body, but instead, she met the risen Saviour. And Mary was first. Jesus didn't come for the religious elite, but he came for sinners. He came for broken people. He came for the mentally broken, the lonely, the hurting. He came for you. He came for me. All of Jesus' ministry through the Gospels was for the marginalized, the broken, the hurting, the ones in need, the ones who would surrender to Jesus, not the ones who thought they were already good enough. Jesus is not coming for those who think they've got it together, but he's coming for the broken, for the sinner. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, God proves his own love for us, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. While it was still dark, while you're still a sinner, Christ died for you. Before you did anything for him, he loved you. While you're still dead in your sin, Jesus died for you. Jesus took on your sin so you, would, so you could be free from it. And this is the good news about Jesus. You were saved because he loved you. You were saved because he died in your place. This is the good news of Easter. The good news of Jesus is not about you being a better person, you being good enough to get something from him, The good news is not about cleaning up your life or coming to church more or giving more. No, the good news is actually good news. Sometimes we think the good news is something and it doesn't sound that good. But the good news is actually good news. It's not just news. Jesus makes you free. Jesus loves you first. He loves you most. Jesus took your place on the cross so that you could know him, so you could know relationship with him, to bring you out of the dark and to bring you into life. Mary Magdalene first discovered the empty tomb. And you could say that she was the first apostle, the first evangelist. Augustine said this of Mary Magdalene, that she was the apostle of the apostles. She was the first one to discover the risen Jesus and to go and tell others about him. She had her life turned around and now she was telling others. John 20, verse 18 says Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Because Mary had seen, the apostles could now see. Because Mary had encountered Jesus, others could now encounter Jesus. And the church that we're a part of today was born on the witness of people that had seen the risen Saviour. People come to know Jesus because of the witness that you and I carry. When we come out of the dark and we see Jesus, when we experience Jesus, when we have a relationship with Jesus... It enables others to come out of the dark as well. Jesus is alive. He really rose from the dead. And He says, Do you see? Can you see me? Do you know me? Will you help others see me? So this morning I want to ask two questions. And the first one is this Are you in the dark? Are you in the dark? Is the reality of Jesus, his death and his resurrection, real for you? Has it changed your life? Has it turned you around so that you would follow him and give your life for him? So you would surrender? That's what it demands of all of us. That's what it asks all of us. If it's real, it changes us. It changes everything about us. Are you in the dark this morning? And maybe... This morning, the lights are beginning to to turn on and you're beginning to see that this is real. That God really knows you, that he really loves you, that he really has forgiven you and he really has a plan for you. Romans 10 verse 9 says this to you this morning. It says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Or maybe this morning, you've already committed your life to Jesus. You've seen Jesus. It's real for you. My question for you this morning is, do you see but you need to commit to helping others see? It goes on a few verses later in Romans 10. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? See, the reality of Easter is not just supposed to stop with us, but it's supposed to go beyond us to others. You imagine if Mary found and discovered the empty tomb, met Jesus in the garden, and then thought, oh, look what I know, and never told anyone about it. Of course, God would never allow that to have happened, but just, you know, know, use your imagination. What might have happened to the disciples? What might have happened to the church? What might have happened to you and to me today? We experience Jesus to help others experience Jesus. When we see the light, it's our job to help others see the light. The good news is not just good news for us, it's good news for all. And this Easter, I want to encourage you, for, for those of us that already follow Jesus, let's recommit again to being people that carry the light and show others the light. That's what the church, that's what Easter is about, is that we would go beyond this building and we would go to our friends and our families and we would be people like Mary Magdalene. I've seen the Lord. I've seen Jesus. You need to see this. I believe this church and we are called to be people that make disciples. We are called to bring people into the kingdom, to show people Jesus, not just to worship him for ourselves and keep it a, a hush hush thing and hope other people might hear about it on the grapevine, but we might be people that go and tell others. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as the band comes back up. And we're just going to pray and we're going to pray for these two groups of people. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes just where you are. Even if you're at home watching online, I encourage you to just close your eyes and just take a moment to to reflect on Easter, on where you stand, on where you're at with Jesus. And maybe this morning you're in that first group that I mentioned, you're in the dark, you feel like, well you know that the cross, the resurrection has not been real for you you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, to, to surrender to him and this morning you would say that's me, I feel like I need to make that decision to come into the light to, to commit myself to him and I'd love you just to where you are just to, in an act of surrender, just to lift your hands if that's you Whether you're in this room or whether you're at home, it doesn't matter. Just to lift your hands and say, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I believe he's risen from the dead and that that changes everything. And I want it to change everything for me. If that's you this morning, just lift your hands as an act of surrender. God, this morning, for for those that are lifting their hands in this room, for those that are lifting their hands at home, God, I pray that you would come into their hearts. God, your promise says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus rose, rose from the dead, then we'll be saved. And so, God, this morning we, we do just that. We confess that Jesus is Lord, that he has risen from the dead, that we can know him, and we believe that in our hearts. And, God, this morning for these people, I pray that you would come into their lives in a real way and that you would change everything like you did for Mary that first Easter Sunday. And for the second group, maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, but this morning is a reminder and encouragement and a challenge for you to commit to telling others about Jesus. Maybe you've never really taken that seriously. Or maybe you have, but it's just faded a little bit. But if this morning you would say, you know what, I need to be more like Mary Magdalene. I need to commit to telling others. I've seen something and I need to tell others about what I've seen. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hands and just commit before God and act of surrender. I need to be someone who carries a light and commit to telling others about Jesus. I want to pray for you this morning. God, for those of us that are raising our hands right now, God, we commit again to telling others about you. God, what we have seen, okay. what we have experienced, we will help others to experience. God, that you really rose from the dead, that you've changed our lives, that you've saved us, you've secured an eternal future for us, you've given us hope and life and joy, and God, we commit to telling others all about it. God, would you fill us with your spirit and enable us to do just that, to be people who carry the light. And God, we pray that we as a church would be people that carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That he came to save sinners just like us and redeem us. And God, we pray that this Easter, people might come to know Jesus in a life-changing way all across the world, through ministries, through Christians, through churches that are meeting just now and in the hours to come, God, that you might breathe your Holy Spirit into so many lives this Easter. You might do that through us as well. God, we honour you. We thank you this morning for Jesus. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for those in this room and that are watching right now that have committed their life to you for the first time. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you that if you've made that decision this morning, in here or online, you need to tell someone about what you've done. Maybe just tell the person next to you and say, hey, I made a decision this morning or I lifted my hands when that pastor was talking. Just to tell you it's so important that you don't do this journey alone. You need to commit to walking this journey together. But I encourage you to, to continue to sing and worship as we close our service this morning.